Hello, this is Patrick, and it's time for Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Brought to you by thepracticalherbalist.com and sponsored by Mountain Rose Herbs, your source for high-quality, organic, bulk herbs, gourmet spices, loose-leaf teas, essential oils, herbal extracts, and natural body care ingredients. Visit them at mountainroseherbs.com. When dental troubles surface, natural remedies are a go-to for practical herbalists. We recognize our plant allies are well-suited to caring for the extremes. Our teeth and gums brook in health and in crisis. Today we're talking about herbalism for dental emergencies and diseases and the more intensive situations our mouths sometimes face. Now here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. A few years ago, actually a few decades ago, <laughs> I'm chagrined to say I had my wisdom teeth removed. And when I was at the dentist, I got, came home and it was really painful. And I finally went back and said, why? Why is this so painful? And they said, oh, you've got dry socket. Mm-hmm. Here's what we do. And I sat in the chair and they packed it full of this gauzy stuff. And it actually tasted pretty good. Mm-hmm. And they clipped it off when they were done packing it. And they said, come back in two days. We'll do it again. It should be fine. And I said, well, what is this? This is actually, this is not less, not as hideous as I thought it would be. And the dentist hung his head and said, it's clove oil. I'm sorry, but it really is the best thing ever. <laughs> and I was actually delighted at the time uh-huh. because it wasn't some kind of scary, side effecty, God knows how mutilated, right. creepy, frightening medicine. Something you recognize. Yeah, something I recognize. You stick those little things in ham. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And it worked surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. You have just had in your life a extraction. Right, yeah. My son, Dylan, he went in for a tooth extraction getting his wisdom teeth taken out oh, and they yeah. do they did two quadrants at a time right and then he came back and got two more quadrants done and he had writs that were um kind of scissoring so oh. that's why he had to do it a, a little at a time right and they uh pulled them out and and he started you know i gave him some dental rinse for it but you know, he's like, well, I used the dental rinse, therefore it's all taken care of. <laughs> you know, despite yeah. me saying very specifically, <laughs> you have to use it several times. Right. No, you, yeah. you know, I think I even wrote on the bottle, you got to be using this. It's a PRN, but I would like you to be using it at least four times a day. So what is PRN? Um, uh, you, it's uh, the Latin word. I don't recall what that is, but basically when you need it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. As needed. As it's needed. An Correct. Yeah. So he just used it the one time and, and then he started, it started hurting again. Like, oh, well, yeah. go take it again. You're going to get yourself some dry socket. And he mm-hmm. started getting the symptoms of dry socket, which is, it means that in, normally when you have a wound, you get a blood clot. Right. But with dry socket, something has happened to dislodge that blood clot. Sure. A lot of times yeah. uh, smokers get it a lot. Right. I was not a smoker. I'll just I'll just put okay. that out there. And when d- I got it, wasn't that. And your son not, isn't either. It's not either. But um, smoking anything <laughs> yeah, is also yeah. a concern. And no sucking in, in with a straw. And what mm-hmm. I noticed was he had some items that he was drinking um, 
some juices, etc. He learned about the orange juice. Don't, don't, do not drink orange juice when you have oh. any kind of wound in your mouth. <laughs> like he learned Ooh, that one very quickly. <laughs> yes, yes, that made him sit up and take notice quite quickly. But no, no sucking because yeah. that just pulls the the that blood clot sense. right out. You know, that's so helpful to know that because the dentist never explained that to me back then. Right, and I only had one wisdom tooth. Yeah. Not that wise, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but I only had the one, and it, and it was the the one sock I got dry socket, right? And I don't, I mean, it's twenty years ago, I don't remember, but mm-hmm. you know, it, I probably did use a straw because right. that was my favorite way of drinking sure. things at the time. Yeah, but that's a big no no. So, and yeah. when Dylan came from the dentist, he had this nice sheet that mm-hmm. was, I mean, it gave a list of suggested foods. Nice. broth and yogurt nice. and applesauce yeah. it was very and talked about do not smoke don't chew tobacco and right. you know he was asking me a little bit about that he says well if I, okay i get the smoking thing now now that he's had the yeah. he had the dry socket and he he used the dental rinse uh-huh. and that helped him and that Good. uh by the way for you listeners that recipe for the dental rinse that he used to treat his dry socket yeah. is on the practical herbalist uh website the recipe is available for everyone to use um, but he was asking about why not use chewing tobacco. And he thought, is it just because it's dirty or something? Like, no, it's because nicotine stops blood from, or not stops blood from, it's, it is a... Um, it, it, Anticoagulant? Oh yeah. And, and so it'll stop things from... Um, Clotting? It makes your, your oh. veins a little thinner. It, oh. So you, you don't have as much blood to the area... Okay, cause the veins to contract, a and you're not bit. getting the yeah. the um yes, yeah, so you're not getting all of the nutrition that your body needs in order to heal that wound. Sure, that makes and sense. And you really need more antioxidants. You yeah. you need yeah. more white blood cells, not less. Right. <laughs> yeah, fewer white blood cells does not make for quick healing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. there's a couple reasons why you wouldn't want nicotine in your mouth, and why no smoking or using straws or vapor yeah. pens or any of that. Yeah, yeah. You don't anything that would cause that. a sucking or suction yeah. in your mouth would be strenuous bad. activity because you could you know, have a jolt and then dislodge the blood clot. And it's, you know, it's oral surgery. It's a little more traumatic than some people take into account. And, Mm -hmm. and just resting is a really important thing to keep in mind to give your body a chance to form those little clots. You might be feeling, Oh, I'm taking painkillers and I feel great. And there's a problem with taking those regular painkillers and that, yeah, they, man, they, they work great. You know, you'll be, you'll be happy as heck, but it, also, the pain stops you from moving around. Right. And you really need to, I'm not saying pain is wonderful, but there's a reason why our body produces is it slows us down and makes us take a time to rest. Sure. So, yeah. you know, that there's a lot of things on there. Drink a lot of water and, mm-hmm. you know, different stuff like that. But what he did do, which was right, is he had a lot of applesauce and applesauce has pectin in it. Right. And pectin is also in surgical bandages. So that helps with healing those wounds. Right. It was it was nice to see how he was really good about doing the salt rinse, and he put the a couple of squirts of uh, tincture, the mouth healing herbal rinse, in that um, salt rinse, and used that. Oh, and he felt like he would just sit it there on the side mm-hmm. that his uh, in, infection was, and it he could just feel it start to numb and calm down. Oh, good. Yeah, good. But clove is a really, it's a yeah. great 
an option. I, I know yeah. I, I don't particularly like it that much because I associate <laughs> with a dentist. I was from that generation that still had dentists that used clove as an anesthetic. Right. So to me, that means ouch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it yeah. does work really good. What it's are some true. of the other herbs that you've used in this recent? Did you do anything for him before he went in or would you have had he been willing? Right. Oh, and he's he's a really good guinea pig. Uh, Spilanthes is really good for numbing. Uh, calendula is really great. And um, my kids have really wonderful teeth. Um, Dylan mm-hmm. hasn't had a cavity before. Kendra, my older one, she got a cavity when she was in her 20s and she was really excited because she everyone around her always had cavities and she felt kind of left out oh lord i know (laughs) i know so now she's part of the normal crew right (laughs) nice yay you silly girl she's gonna have to have that filling replaced a few more times and eventually the Uh, tooth gets extracted because every time they replace a filling they make the filling space has made just ground just a a little little bit bit bigger a little bit bigger yeah Yeah, and then you end up running into a root canal yeah, if you've got a cavity that gets dislodged or the rot goes underneath it and you don't notice yeah. it for a while. Yeah, and I mean yeah. it's that's not the inevitable, but it's it is a it can be a problem. You will have right. your your cavity um the uh the carries serviced a few times throughout your life, but um she I was pretty good about encouraging my kids to drink green tea because it does have fluoride in right. it and it strengthens your teeth and I have a, a tooth that's uh, in a really sick, a place that you don't really want to extract because it'll move all the other teeth around. Right. And the doctor is saying, well, I can pull it out or we can get a root canal or, you know, those yeah. are really the options here. And that was several years ago. And one of the ways that I've controlled that is keeping a really good eye on infection because I do not want infection. Infection right. will go septic in your mouth very, very quickly. Right. And it'll go right to your heart. Right. So uh, using Oregon grape as a rinse, um, we have a couple of dental rinse formulas on mm-hmm. our site. And those, some of them, like you have a strawberry one that you put together that is very good tasting. The heavy duty uh, dry socket rinse is very effective. It is not yummy. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's harder to, yeah. to encourage yourself to, to use that one. But um, And strawberry leaf is also really good for the teeth. The green yeah. tea is, is fabulous. Does the the amount of um, fluoride in it is like 0.25 to 0.39. It varies thereabouts depending on the type. Mm-hmm. And that's really easy for your teeth to assimilate. Yeah. So it's not going to cause toxicity unless right. you, you take a lot. And there has been a person in the United States that had fluoride poisoning due to drinking way too much tea but how much was that person drinking okay a day? so the suggestion <laughs> yeah. remember i was talking about yeah the 0.25 so the suggestion is that you don't have any more than 10 cups 10 uh, micrograms oh okay so that's a lot that's i mean that's like 30 lot. to 40 yeah. cups a day yeah that's okay. multiple pots <laughs> It's like a gallon of green tea. There's, I mean, yeah, I'm sure that person probably has no stomach lining left, and you know, probably lives tannins. in an area with fluoridated water. To Georgia, boot. so that was probably you know that ups the fluoride right in your tea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, and fluoride poisoning yeah. does happen. However, what we're seeing, other than that exception that I talked about, normally it's in a place where there's a mine that was mm-hmm. abandoned. And it's flushing fluoride into the. A water at an extraordinary rate. Right. So that's normally what you're going to see. 
Right. So, yeah. So treat the earth right. That's the other thing yeah. that we learned from that. Yeah. But, yeah, I know that um, uh, the top ones, phalanthes, which is also known as toothache plant, uh, mm-hmm. clove, and those are good numbers. Yeah. And having a nice astringent um, uh, mouth rinse is very important, keeping sure. your teeth brushed and um, staying away from sweets. Well, just yeah. super important. Soda pop, it, it introduces yeah. that sweetness right immediately into your mouth. Right, yeah, and then the sugar is... Yeah. Changes the pH balance in your mouth, which then increases the bacterial load. Right. And, and it's carbonated. Load, yeah. And the bacterial load is what's causing your teeth to rot. I yeah. Mean, that's, that's the bacteria that's eating them. We're just seeing, so as the soda pop is uh, increasing in, in, in small children, yeah. you know, little kids are getting it. They're, right. It's showing in their mouth. It's pretty extraordinary. Right. And unfortunately, we're not getting really mineral-rich foods in our diet anymore. People are choosing you know, more carb-rich foods or something that gives them instant uh, gratification. Sweet and fats. Yeah, sweet, sweet and, and fats. fats. Yeah. yeah, and um, a high-acid diet. The America has a high-acid mm-hmm. diet. And as fun as those high-acid foods are, we need to have more of a balance, more of an alkaline balance. And I know right. people aren't really excited about lettuce, but, well, you know. Well, my son will go and eat an entire head of lettuce. He's happy <laughs> to go to the grocery and do that. Right on. <laughs> so. yeah. But, yeah, you need to have a balanced and diverse diet. So if you're getting ready to go in to have some dental work done, whether it's an extraction or cavity or mm-hmm. something else, root canal, right. you know, there's many, many Pretty serious procedures. Mm-hmm. Is there anything specific that you would recommend? Um, well, one of the things that I always recommend is it, that's a stressful situation. Mm-hmm. And coming in, having taken an uh, herbal ally that calms you down a little bit, a skull cap yeah, nice. or valerian yeah. or lemon balm, so that you're a little more calm. And um, the stress levels will also deplete your immune system. Yeah, I Oats come to mind. Oats, a combination of yeah. oat tops and the Which is also alkaline. and the and the straw because there's a lot of minerals in the mm-hmm. oat straw. Right. So taking that combination together to calm your system, mm-hmm. and oats have a tendency to offer up. They boost your testosterone a tiny bit, which can create more self confidence mm-hmm. and make you just feel more empowered. So you feel more like you're in control, or you're at least you know. Not a victim. Right, <laughs> right, <know>? exactly. <laughs> so that, that can calm you considerably. Yeah. And then the minerals, it makes it easier for your system to take in the minerals when you're not in a fight or flight situation or in that state of mind. Yeah. And I know a lot of people think of when we're talking about minerals, nettle, mm-hmm. which is a really great thing to have in the morning before an appointment, but not immediately before an appointment as it is a diuretic. Yeah, I'm thinking. You want to sit in the chair and then say, "Ooh," Ooh. and it can be a mild laxative too for some people. For some people, so right. again, mm-hmm. you know, give yourself at least a couple of hours before the dentist. Right, last nettle tea. But in the weeks before, certainly, yeah. you know, be be drinking those high mineral content yeah. teas or or taking into as a tincture. Yeah, that's just going to do your whole body good. That would be, good. and a lot of those are anti-inflammatory as well. So. Yeah, and actually there's this great book that mm-hmm. I picked up not too long ago. Um, it's called Dental Herbalism, Natural Therapies for the Mouth by Leslie M. Alexander and Linda A. Straub- 
Straub Bruce. I hope I said Straub her name. Bruce, yeah. Straub Bruce. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great book. It's an awesome book. And, and it's so unique. She has this wonderful recipe in here on um it's an anti what she call it? It's a useful mouthwash that she says that you should use or you can use for before you go to the dentist and after before and after having anything um major done. She calls mm-hmm. it a um, broad spectrum antimicrobial. Oh, great! It's here for those of you who have the book. It's on page two eighty four. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome I recipe, know. and it makes use of yarrow, myrrh, echinacea, plantain, and willow. Great! And the what I'm looking at when I'm seeing the formula is I'm seeing herbs here that are antimicrobial, of course, mm-hmm. like she said. But I'm also seeing some um, boosting your. The echinacea would boost your immune system. Right. Uh-huh. And then the willow would be excellent for pain. Yeah. Myrrh so. is pretty amazing. We have a small piece of that myrrh on our side in the yeah. pocket herbal where yeah. it, it used to be really pricey back in the San Francisco mining days. Yeah. Because, you know, people would come into that area and, the you know, they hadn't set up a good agribusiness there. So all of these miners had terrible diets and they just constantly would lose teeth and myrrh would go more expensive per pound than gold. Right, because, you know, all the gold in the world isn't going to make you oh, yeah. replace your teeth, really. Yeah. And that's what people yeah. were, were dying of was infections yeah. time and yeah. time again. And an herbalist some few years ago pointed out, which I thought was really wise, is that if you let your teeth go and you don't take care of them, then you're going to affect your entire digestive system yes. because you can't break down your food as well. Right. And if you can't break down your food as well, you can't absorb it. That's going to affect your digestion. Mm-hmm. And if your digestion is off, everything else is going Correct. to be off because you're not taking in the nutrients you need. Yeah. It's a vicious cycle. If you're not eating those fibrous foods, then your saliva isn't kicking in. The chewing mm-hmm. instigates the saliva and it helps, you know, battle those, uh, helps bring up the antibodies and battle the bacteria that attacks your teeth. So you need to have a lot of chewing in order to have good, solid teeth. Yeah. So if your teeth are soft or they're in pain, you're not chewing as much. Right, yeah. So, yeah, we just from the get-go, you know, eat a good, diverse whole grains and and apples and and delicious foods like that that require our mouth to do a little bit of work. Yeah. Every part needs exercise, even your teeth. I noticed that there's not very much information out there for your teeth and herbs. That's true. It's really rare. It is. And one of the things I think that I think herbalists have a tendency to shy away from it because in our Western way of thinking, we treat the mouth as if it's completely separate from the rest of the body. Yeah. So, you know, your doctor, you go to your annual checkup and your doctor will look at your tongue and the back of your throat. Mm-hmm. But if you have a question about tooth or gums, they just back away. Right. So go to a dentist. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And then the dentist, you know, the dentist isn't going to answer your digestive questions. Correct. Even though the teeth are the first and most important part of the digestive system. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's where it starts. Yeah. So it's this weird, I think, schism between treating dentistry as if it's a separate thing. It's part of the medical. Mm -hmm. It really is part of the whole entire medical system yeah but we yeah don't. and we're not dissing dentists i mean they are, no. they are specialists they are specialists they're, then they're very very important and have saved many a life and and if you have a, a dental issue you should go to a dentist do oh, yeah. not pass go Definitely. do not collect dinner dollars just yeah. go right in mm-hmm. but um, the things that we have available on our side are items that will usually if you have a tooth infection it's gonna happen friday night 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Friday night or Saturday morning. Right. You know? So you've got a whole weekend to, to worry about that dental right. infection. And this is something, our, those recipes are to tide you over until you can get to talk to a, a dentist. But we have a lot of people at our clinic to come in and they just have horrible teeth that are just mm-hmm. painful for them. Right. It's and they're really all, difficult. a lot of those people are getting very poor diets mm-hmm. and they are have very limited access sometimes even to running water to be able to Correct. brush their teeth properly. That's right. Yeah. Or, yeah. or the Daily luxury of, of spending money on a brand new toothbrush. Right. You know, or just yeah. it's the poor in the, in America, mm-hmm. their dental issues are pretty, pretty uncanny. It's, it's yeah. astonishing. And unfortunately it kind of keeps you in a cycle of poverty as well, because if you have bad teeth going to a job interview yeah, that yeah. a lot of people have a big bias about that. Yeah, what's that whole thing about the British teeth? I mean, oh. there's been you know, yeah, I mean, there's right. been a lot of judgment, at least that I've heard in popular culture through my lifetime about mm-hmm. bad teeth. Yeah. And, yeah, so and self-esteem issues, everything's all tied to that. So I think the important thing is, you know, of course, looking at your diet and looking at your own behaviors of uh, the foods that you're eating and making sure you're getting a lot of chewing and that you do, you know, you, you'll rinse it out. You're drinking a lot of water, keeping yeah. yourself hydrated. You're brushing your teeth and flossing, going to get regular checkups. Those are all a big part of it. But when you're coming in for something extraordinary, you know, treat it mm-hmm. like any other medical issue, get support, not only from the um, things that the doctor is offering or the dentist is offering, but also we have a lot of herbal allies that will yeah. help us. One of the things I loved about this particular book um, I can't remember if you read this one. I, I read it. I, I borrowed read it. it. Yeah, I read it cover to cover. Yep. Yeah, that's great. One of the things I loved about it is that rather than giving a whole ton of recipes that are specific, mm-hmm. they gave she gave or they gave some recipes, but they also talked about the herbal actions mm-hmm. and how to pair herbal actions with spe- specific types of dental problems, like periodontal disease, for mm-hmm. instance, or you know whichever whatever it is. I mean. You go to the dentist, you find out what your problem is, then you pick up the book and look at what are the actions that you're looking for in your herbs. Right. And there's those nice charts. And geez, they've too. got some I wonderful charts. charts. Yep. Yes. There's one here that I I adore this chart. On page 123, it's a, actions of 14 foundational herbs for periodontal disease protocols. Mm-hmm. Sounds so fancy. It does. And yes. really what it is, is it tells you like the very first herb that's listed is barberry and the very first action is alterative. Mm-hmm. And then there's further down, it's also an antimicrobial and right. it's also an immune support. So it's a quick, it's a quick little look at exactly. a kind of a cheat sheet if yes. you were. And the yeah. great thing about it is that you can go down. I mean, there's 14 herbs. It's a really a large number and you can and look basic at basic ones too. Yeah. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of basic ones like plantain and stevia and, and cinnamon, cinnamon, raspberry. Yeah. Cinnamon yeah. should always be on the list of things that people have. It not only mm-hmm. after you've had an extraction and your blood sugar is kind of low cause you're feeling a little bit woozy, right. but the cinnamon helps improve the blood sugar. And it's so easy to get. It's so I mean, it's at the Seven Eleven. It's usually one of the five spices in the little shilling cans that you can get <laughs> yep. at the uh, gas station slash grocery store That's in the smallest right. of towns. That's right. And so yeah, this the thing can. that I liked about this chart was that you could then look at what you've actually got, mm-hmm. pair it up using these herbal actions, which are you know standard part of herbalism. But a lot of times in other aspects of herbalism. We talk about the actions, but we really talk about which plants are good for what right. conditions. Right. And yeah. here, 
they really make use of the action so that you can tailor it to your individual needs. Yeah. So I love, I love it's that. It's a great book to have. It. Yeah. yeah. Well, for more information, links and resources that we mentioned on this program, you can check out our show notes on realherbalismradio.com. Make sure that you sign up for our free newsletter, which includes links to upcoming recipes, how-tos, newly published ebooks, and more detailed information on topics that we discussed on this podcast as we publish them on practicalherbalist.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Pinterest, and join us in our conversations on Twitter. Now it's time for Herbalism and Homesteading News. Today I'd like to talk about an article in, that was published in Civil Eats by Jody Helmer. Um, the article's entitled, Are Hospital Farms the Next Big Thing in Healthcare Reform? And it was published on July 21st, 2015. One of the things I loved about this article was about the whole idea of hospitals finally getting with the picture and providing some healthy organic nutrition to their patients. Yeah. That's awesome, Sue. Yeah, I know. Hospital <laughs> food is the big joke, you know, people talk about. I know, about, it's not really food, is it? I'm not sure. No. I mean, squirts of, of edible-like objects. <laughs> I know. With I wonder how much actual nutrition. I don't them. know. I mean, they're so processed. They And they the more are. you process food the less nutrition that's in mm-hmm. it. And the more you have to add chemicals to replace the nutrition, yep. chemical vitamins, it, For it's sure. just crazy. Yeah. There's definitely a way to do broth in a, in a much more savory way well, yeah. than just <laughs> salt and preservatives. But that we, there has been a, a trend that this person noted that not, now with this particular case, it's, what was the name of the, 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 for the hospital that they, um, Focused on was St. Luke's Hospital, mm-hmm. which has been doing this. This would be 2015 would be the second season that they've been or the second year right. they've been growing. Because they started in 2014. Yeah. yeah. And they, they've, what was it? A, their amount of farmed land went from, I think it was five acres to 10 acres. Mm-hmm. And like this more, more recently now, they're growing 30 varieties of fruits and vegetables on their 10 acres mm-hmm. and using that for the all you know not just patients but in their cafeterias and that right. sort of thing yeah and, and i love the fact that it's not a monoculture system right I mean, 10 acres 30 varieties that means it's three acres or three varieties per acre yeah so in the the picture there's a picture of the hospital in the background and then there's a little mm-hmm. sign um that it's co-sponsored with the rodale institute which is those are the people that really have fostered the organic movement that we know today yeah so the in conjunction those people really know what they're doing and you've got this very healthy little farm which is providing now as i understand the food not just for the hospital but for the campus yeah exactly yeah that's pretty impressive yeah and they talk about like they have a farm farmers markets essentially at the hospital so their staff or whomever, staff, yeah. visitors, people in Everyone the community can come, can come and, and buy produce from right. a hospital that's organically grown. And in the cafeteria itself, they reduce the amount that the salads cost by 25%. Yeah. So they're actually starting to... They're probably putting their money where the health is. Yeah. 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 I love the fact that they're, I mean, they're, these St. Luke's is based in Pennsylvania, I believe it is, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Right. And the other places, localities of health institutions that they mentioned throughout the article are all northern climates, Wisconsin, Michigan, 
mean, these are northern climates that we traditionally think of as being, well, you can only grow, you know, growing season is only three to six months you right. know, because of the frost and all of that. Yeah. But they're they're growing all year round in yeah. the true, you know, Elliot Coleman style. That's pretty cool. There's also in Stanford University, they have, and this is, I know specifically of their oncology unit, they have farm to table. Yeah. So it's... It, the university isn't growing the fruits and vegetables themselves, but it's organic farms and organic food that is going directly to patients and also to their regular cafeterias. And the person that was down there um, helping her father through uh, um, an issue, she she absolutely loved eating at the cafeteria. It's like, awesome. this is the best food I've had for a long time. Right. It was fresh and a variety of things. And they were using all kinds of seasonings and spices and herbs. And, you know, it was, it was just alive. The food was alive. And it was yeah. an inspiration for her when she got home to try new recipes. And right. Things. That's awesome. So that, and that's what we want to hear. That's exciting. Yeah. That people, they go to the hospital and instead of going, wow, I survived that horrible adventure, we say, that inspires me to do something else for my health. Yeah, that's why it should be called, that's why it's called health care. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, the preventative medicine yeah. that we really want to encourage. Um, there's another. There's a great organization that you had mentioned. Yeah, Healthcare Without Harm. And um, one of our other people that we've interviewed, Rosemary Gladstar has been encouraging people to get involved with this one. And they have been encouraging healthy food to healthcare centers, but not just that. They've also been working on um, supporting things like environmentally preferable purchasing, waste management, toxic materials, getting the information out and trying to get more people aware that a healthy world means that you'll have healthier people. And just the smaller details, focusing on smaller details that the hospitals can do in order to encourage health in their community instead of just looking at the bottom dollar, you know, how much can we bill people for, which is never the staff's intention. You know, that just is this loop that that, uh, healthcare industry gets stuck up in. But it's a, a beautiful way to make a big difference for all of us so that we do have a healthy food system and a healthy a healthy world, and then we all we all benefit from that. Yeah, yeah. I think healthcare with harm is an excellent resource for mm-hmm. people, especially if you want to get involved or you want to at least just stay abreast of what's happening yeah. and find ways to help make positive changes in our healthcare system. Yeah. If you feel like being encouraged, check out their website. It will really bring a smile to your face. Yeah. Herbalism 101. This is part of the show where Sue and Candace answer a listener question or teach you about an herbal definition or term covering basic to advanced herbal knowledge. If you would like the dirt on herbs, herbalism, or anything else related, you can send your question using our simple contact form at realherbalismradio.com slash herbalism101. If we choose your question for the show, we will send you a free PDF ebook, Natural Nutrition by the Practical Herbalist, currently available for $4.99 at the Practical Herbalist store. Here's Candace and Sue to discuss this show's Herbalism 101 topic. Today's question and comment comes from Vicki. Vicki says, Hi Sue, Candace, and Patrick. Thank you for your excellent discussions and providing valuable information for us all who wish to enrich and heal our lives with herbs. Could you please discuss the benefits of Lobelia and Flata for lung complaints and how it is used, tinctures, tea, etc.? Thanks from Vicki. From Melbourne. 
That is such a wonderful comment. Oh Thank gosh. you, Vicky. Yes, we love sweet. you. Yeah. If I had a like button. Like, like, <laughs> like, like. 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 <laughs> but yeah. Lobelia, I think I almost know how to um, spell that, Sue. So you're going to have to really run with this. Oh, great. Yes. Uh, Lobelia is no- more normally put in for anti-smoking uh, mixtures. People will put it in with a couple other things. And I think on our site we do have that added to the the smoking mixture indian tobacco is one of the common names for it okay yeah there's other common names that are quite colorful aren't there yes puke weed being one of them Woohoo! yeah so that's an indicator of what happens if you get too much of it um but it's a really powerful herb and it's considered a high dose or sorry it's sorry opposite low day dose. a low dose <laughs> botanical meaning that you can only take a small amount. Right. And In high works, amounts, it'll be, it'll be toxic, right? Right. Usually. High dose botanical would be something like nettle, in which you can drink right, quite right. a bit of it. And, you know, and particularly you're if you're fond yeah. of going potty a lot, then that's an awesome thing. But <laughs> for, for um, lobelia, you really, a high dose thing that will cause nausea, vomiting, and dizziness would be eight milligrams. Right. Which so is you, actually not that different than the suggested dose, which is five milligrams. Right. So lobelia is something you want to use with care and preferably with an experienced herbalist yes. or and or physician or exactly. naturopath, someone yep. who knows. And with a normal herb, you know, a herbalist would tell you take it three or four times a day. With this one, twice daily. Okay. So five milligrams twice daily because a little too much is going to really trigger a big reaction. And how many drops would you guess that is roughly? I mean, is that something in the neighborhood of like a couple of drops or is that maybe as much as a a dropper full, but probably not more than that? Well, yeah. See the concentration, that's a really varied, yeah, because concentrations can vary. Right. So I, I, I hesitate to answer that one. I think you need to look at the bottle It'll say sure. it whenever you're purchasing Lobelia on the bottle. And they do also have some lozenges that are 0.5 milligrams lozenges. That's because it's made out for you. Correct. So that one's kind of nice. And then you can use that one as long as you're not taking so many lozenges that you've got <laughs> over 8 milligrams. Oh, my goodness. That would be wretched. Awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they a lot of times, again, we're talking about helping people to stop smoking. But it also has been used for asthma. Yeah, I was going to say, I would bet for asthma or how about like recovery from bronchitis and pneumonia? Yeah, definitely. But again, with anything like that where you're using it for asthma, a lot of those herbs, like ephedra is another good example. You have to be very Very cautious. So those are two very, they're low dose botanicals. Okay, so that's great. How about for tea? How do you use it for tea? Um, It does not taste awesome. I should just say that. If people are Go going to here. mix it with things, I, I strongly suggest something with a high flavor like peppermint or spearmint or something like that. It does um, seem the low-dose herbs often taste horrible. Oh, yeah. Well, alkaloids in general are really, really bitter. So a dosage, a standard dosage when you're using the flowers in a tea would be two to four grams daily because it's yeah. really a lot more diluted. And that's the classic way of, of treating coughs and, and colds. So... If you're Definitely. really using you're it for asthma, out, are you measuring out dried, dried, yeah, flowers? dried, okay, right. So if you're and you're not getting as much of that, right, when you're making a tea, so right. it's a nice moderate dose. I am not recommending giving it to children. I'm not no. recommending giving it to the elderly 
are people that are highly reactive. Right. But, you know, as far as putting it in a herb mix, okay. It's probably one that would be excellent to do energy testing on if mm. you know how to do that. Right. I mean, that would be a, a good one to test before you do it right. and then always start really low and work up carefully. Yeah. So even some of the high-dose botanicals, I find that, at least for myself, for some people, starting with just a few drops, like three to five drops three times a day. Mm-hmm. Drop dosage would be good for It really works. One. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're so. right. And again, we're not trying to get people to be afraid of these herbs. We're trying to get people to show respect to the herbs. And there's yeah. a big difference there. Yeah. And um, normally we, we are covering plants and herbs that are that are easy to use and and they're <clears throat> lobelia is pretty easy to grow it's a beautiful little plant but right. i always say i'm not afraid of the herb but i say an exercise caution when you're using it yeah. make sure that this plant is still your friend that yes. it's still your ally that it's not going to cause you any harm so do a lot of research on this and i hope that the information that we have is is helpful but talk to an herbalist and talk to people that have been using it for a while and there is a lot of information on the internet about this one. Very specific studies have been made about this plant. So just sometimes it's best to be cautious. And this is one of those times. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Real Herbalism Radio. Your hosts have been Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. To find more information and recipes from today's show or to leave a comment or suggestion, visit us online at realherbalismradio.com. If you're feeling social, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thepracticalherbalist. Don't forget to look up our ebooks and herbal folios at amazon.com. Use the search terms practical herbalist. This show has been sponsored by Mountain Rose Herbs, purveyors of high-quality organic bulk herbs, gourmet spices, loose-leaf teas, essential oils, herbal extracts, and natural body care ingredients. You can visit them at mountainroseherbs.com. If you'd like to sponsor Real Herbalism Radio, just contact us through our website at realherbalismradio.com slash contact. Until next time, this is Patrick with Real Herbalism Radio and The Practical Herbalist.